0: From the
1: Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken LaBica Live on ESPN 106.3. Underdog Fantasy each night, playing some high-low, getting in on some NBA. There's just so many opportunities to win, and that's what I love about it. And once you go through one of your drafts at Underdog Fantasy, you don't have to touch it again. What you draft is what you got, and you wait and see if you are going to rake in some money. Right now, I'm looking at the Thunday kerfuffle. It is a mix of Thursday night football and the morning game in London. It'll be a draft of your players, and you're going to know by Sunday morning if you've won money with your Thunday kerfuffle. It is a $10 entry fee. You can win your share of sixty thousand dollars in the purse, twelve thousand dollars for the first place winner. I'm telling you, it is so easy. These drafts just take a couple of minutes, and then boom, you wait and see if you are winning big money with Underdog Fantasy, UnderdogFantasy.com, the free Underdog Fantasy app, and of course, use that promo code West Palm. West Palm, all one word. They double your deposit up to a hundred dollars. West Palm, doubling your deposit up to $100. That's the promo code for underdog fantasy, underdogfantasy.com. That's underdog fantasy, the best fantasy, my fantasy, underdog fantasy. All right. So the, and I I mentioned the the Sunday London game. It's going to be the Broncos and the Jags.
2: Another Broncos game. Mm -hmm. Another Broncos
1: game and the Jags. Just to add a little bit of insult to injury there. And the Broncos are in London. Despite his hamstring injury, Russell Wilson is looking to play. Hmm. Russell Wilson's raring to go. So much so that he put himself through a full workout on the plane yesterday that the Broncos took to London. I want you to listen to this, Jeanette. And we all have our thoughts on Russell Wilson and how over-the-top he is and how corny he is. I want you to listen to this and tell me if you're buying – what Russell Wilson is telling the media about his flight to London. Here is Broncos quarterback, the dangerous one, Russell Wilson. I don't really get jet-lagged too often. You know, I don't, I don't really, um,
0: you know, I've traveled enough to, to get, you know, kind of get my system down. But, uh, yeah, for me, I was on the plane for two hours. I was... Uh, uh, first two hours flight was it, eight hours flight here. Uh, so, that's the
1: first two hours I was uh, watching the film, getting, watching all the cut ups and everything else. And then for the next four hours, I was doing treatment on the plane. I was walking up and down the aisles. Everybody was knocked out. I was doing high knees and working, on my, working on my legs and everything else. You know, make sure I'm ready to rock. Um uh, so that was and good. And then the last two hours, of the, the last hour of that, I, I watched. I fell asleep for one hour, and then I watched the film the rest. So uh, I felt felt good to go once we got back. And then we had. How about the humble brag at the beginning? Just real quick, let's, uh, let's hear the humble brag from Russell Wilson at the beginning of his press uh, availability.
0: Yeah. I don't really get jet lag too often. You know? Wow. I don't,
1: really... I don't really get jet lag too often. I'm Russell Wilson.
2: Jet lag don't care who you are.
1: Well, Russell's just built different.
2: Like six-hour time difference? Yeah, honey, you jet lagged.
1: He's Mr. Unlimited when it comes to being awake. Jet lag doesn't matter to him. He can do it all. He can't throw anymore. He can't throw over the middle. I was just
2: going to say, congratulations. You can't do anything minus not get jet lagged.
1: But this dude says he spent four hours (laughs) stretching and doing high knees (laughs) on the plane. There's no room to do high knees on a plane unless you're doing it in the aisle. Can you imagine his teammates looking into the aisle, they, they awake from their slumber. They've got their Beats headphones on, okay? Maybe they have the Jeffrey Dahmer documentary on Netflix that they're watching. I don't know. It's the first thing that came to mind. The
2: absolute psychopath you have to be to watch the Dahmer Netflix series. Everybody can see what you're watching.
1: Oh, yeah, 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 no, I know. I know. It's pr- fairly graphic. You
2: do not. Okay, watch fine. Watch that.
1: Uh, um, Teletubbies. I don't know. Teletubbies still exist? Fine, like... You're really aging Cobra yourself. Cobra Kai. Cobra Kai. Watching Cobra Kai, all right? <laughs> and you're Jerry Judy, all right? And your eye opens. You, you you heard something, and you, you felt something brush against your arm. <laughs> and then you look, and there's Russ doing high knees down the aisle of the play. Uh-huh. And you're like, what is this dork doing? Uh-huh. What is going on with him? Oh. I, I tried to put myself in that position, and I've got to be honest with you. If if I saw that, and I don't fly private ever. I fly charter with FAU football. That's not necessarily private. It's a full plane. It's an plane. awesome experience. It's a great so. experience, but it's not like it, it's a full plane. Every seat is filled. So it's just like a commercial flight from that respect. If I saw someone doing high knees down the aisle, though, on a commercial flight, say I'm going to, to Rochester, and I look over and I see that, I'd be like, what in the hell Are you doing? Stewardess, tell that person to sit down. That's insane. That's just annoying behavior. I understand the grind from Russell Wilson. Half that story sounds made up. There's no way for four hours he was stretching and doing high knees.
2: Do you want to find out? I'm going on a nine-hour plane in under 24 hours.
1: (laughs) What would happen if you started doing high knees down the aisle? You're going to Europe, right? Yes. Okay.
2: I'm I'm going to land in Rome. How long...
1: How long could Jeanette do high knees in the aisle before somebody complained to the stewardesses or the, the air ranger uh, pulled a weapon on you?
2: Can you imagine? We have to land the plane.
1: <laughs> we have a, we're going to need to make an emergency landing here in Istanbul. I, I just, I don't understand. Where are you going to in Europe?
2: Uh, so one of my best friends, actually, I met her when I was an intern here at ESPN mm-hmm. in 2012. She lives in Rome, so we're going to start in Rome, and then we're going to Paris, then we go back to Rome, then we go to Florence, then we go back to Rome, then we go to Budapest, and then I fly back into Orlando, where I'm going to stay there until my birthday, and then I'll be here. Nice. So I'm literally celebrating my birthday forever. That
1: is awesome. Uh, You're going to encounter a lot of annoying air travel behavior.
2: I already encountered some last night when i flew back from new hampshire
1: well much like russ there are a lot of annoying passengers what happened when you were coming back from new hampshire last night
2: so the flight is only three hours long pretty humble there was thankfully i'm not making this up the i was very lucky where i was on the aisle the middle seat was empty but the girl on the window busted out a facial mask like, like, not like a
1: mask, like a COVID mask, but like a facial mask, like the thin, put it on your sl- face.
2: Slimy ones where you put it on for 10 minutes and whatnot. And, what in the hell? And then, because I'm on the aisle, when her 10 to 15 minutes was up, like, she put it in her hand and she was like, I got to go use the lavatory. Which I was, I, was, I was very confused. I wanted to ask a lot of questions, but I figured she was crazy and I didn't want to have a conversation she, with her.
1: She can't wait to put on a cosmetic face mask until she gets to her destination?
2: I have, yes. I have no idea. It was now, the weirdest thing. That
1: is serial killer behavior. See, that's weird. That's annoying. The, 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 the plane is not your bathroom. No. The plane is not where you prepare yourself from a beautification standpoint. Especially for a three-hour flight. Right. What are you doing? You can't wait the three hours. It's not like you're going overseas like you are tomorrow. Take a nap. Yeah, that's bizarre. The cosmetic gooey face mask couldn't wait. But that's what I'm talking about. People in air travel suck. Much like Russ doing high knees and distracting everybody on his flight to London. And this woman putting on a cosmetic face mask on the flight down to South Florida. I have a whole list, though. You have a whole list?
2: I have a whole list of things you should
1: not do. I'm curious. what What is the air travel behavior of people that drives you most insane? What is the behavior of those who are traveling via air that drives you the most insane? 888 760 760 3776 On Twitter, at KLV1063. What do people do when traveling by air that drives you the most insane? 888-760-3776. For me, it is the people, when the plane lands and it gets to the gate and they open the door... The people that just barge forward. Not mm-hmm. the people that are are in danger of missing a connection mm-hmm. or uh, are, are, are having some sort of emergency. No. They just take it upon themselves to mosey into the aisle and barge through people and get off the plane as fast as they can. I hate that. There is a system to this. It is an unwritten rule. You go row by row by row. Unless you have a connecting row. flight. Unless you have a connecting flight and then let those people through. But typically... Typically, you need to tell the flight attendant, hey, I have this issue, or the flight attendant's aware, they're going to make an announcement, let these people through, and then you go. But don't just lower your shoulder after not saying anything to the flight attendant. "Oh, me, 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 I'm going to go. Fine, fine, whatever, but you should have taken care of beforehand to clear the path. Now, the people that are selfish and do not care about the protocols, I can't stand those people. Those people can go to jail for Absolutely. all I Absolutely hate those people
2: and it's into that same realm that's the people who are waiting to board the plane like just droves and it's massive like if you're group seven and you're at the front already back the heck up that happened to me yesterday i was like group four on my plane and there was somebody group seven uh-huh. right in front of me and the boarding attendant took told him to get back in line really but it is a thing where people are like fighting for each other to get into onto the plane, and they get you got to carry on luggage, luggage, but it's wait your turn. It's assigned seating. Nobody's going to take your spot. You will sit on the plane where you're designated. Group seven, get the hell back. Make way. Now
1: this is where Southwest does come in handy. I will not
2: fly Southwest for that. Why? I want my assigned seat. I'm one of those people. I will wait for. You don't everybody want to compete for your seat? No.
1: I like that. That's that should be Southwest's new slogan.
2: <laughs> Compete for, Compete your, for seat. your seat, Southwest. Ding. I will throw bows that the for the aisle thing from the seat, commercial. but I'd rather because sometimes I have. I sometimes I am an empathetic human. I'd rather just throw my credit card down and pay for aisle.
1: Um, I do like the awkward. Hey, can I see your ticket to see where I line up? That's the best part of the Southwest experience. Hey, are you uh, are you B forty six or you B fifty two? What what are you? That's the nice awkward. It forces human interaction. What is? The thing Ew. that people do that drives you most insane during air <laughs> travel. I think we found another one for Jeanette. Human
2: interaction. Human interaction. Air travel?
1: Hell no. I'm okay with it in the airport. Once we get on the plane, whole different deal. 888 760 3776. 760 3776. It's 888 760 3776. Now, on the plane talking, uh uh-uh. uh. Oh, well, I know part of that. No, 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 no. no. I'm going to well, put in my earbuds. I'm going to watch Netflix The Dahmer documentary and you're going to leave me alone. I don't I care think, about your kids. I, th-
2: I think everybody will leave you alone if you're watching the <laughs> See, Dahmer the documentary I should, I, on the plane.
1: Watch the most graphic thing possible so people avoid you. No, I don't want to talk about your kids. Nope. I don't want to talk about where you're going. Nope. I don't talk about uh, don't want to talk about what you were doing. Nope. I don't care about your dogs. I don't care about your job. If you have an Excel spreadsheet out you're doing work good. I don't want to talk about what you do for a living. Go do your thing. I'm going to do my thing. I don't want to talk to you.
2: For sure. That happened to me. I've traveled a lot this month. Wow. When I was on my flight to Dallas, some guy started talking to me and I just whipped out my Game of Thrones book and I was like, sorry, got to go. (laughs) But also I kind of live, and I'm not the rom-com type, but I kind of would love to meet my husband, you know, like that cutesy air travel story. Oh, I fell in love with the guy who sat next to me on the plane. I would live for that.
1: Do you think that actually ever happens?
2: I don't know, but it would be kind of cute.
1: That's a thing that only happens in books or on television. That's not a re- there is no way in modern flying the, the modern flying climate that you're going to sit down next to someone and they're eventually going to become your betrothed, eventually become your romantic interest. uh uh-uh. uh And the way honestly like I feel about people if I were single and say the, the single hottest woman of all time sat next to me. Mm-hmm. The way I feel right now about the world in general and just about traveling via air, I'm not even going to make eye contact with that person. I don't care. On to the Dahmer documentary. Sweetheart, you can enjoy your flight doing whatever you're going to do. Watching um, um, Love Island. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm imagining she would just watch. Love, Love Island. Island and downloaded TikToks. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> But I don't care. I don't want that to happen. And I don't think that it's realistic. Jeanette, I hate to burst your romantic bubble. I don't think it's realistic that you're going to find your husband just randomly seated next to one another on a plane.
2: Well, that's the only opportunity I'd give it. I don't want to get into a relationship probably till early next year anyway. So, so how about this exchange?
1: On Twitter, Roger T says, I can't stand people to recline their seat all the way back. With a reply from Finhead, I recline my seat and don't see anything wrong as the seat in front of me will also recline. If it was meant to be just your space, they wouldn't recline at all. Uh Uh-oh. So the rule... What do we do here?
2: The rule is, if you're going to recline your seat, because this has happened to me previously, at least recline it slowly, just in case the person behind you doesn't have their head on the seat. Because the person in front of me, I was like, my head (laughs) was on the seat, and then poof, it hurt.
1: I would err on the side of not
2: reclining your seat at all. I recline my seat. I'm a seat recliner. It is there for a purpose. I'm sorry. It is not selfish of you. But then go it, fly Spirit, where the Spirit, where the seats don't recline, if it's such oh, an the issue. The seats don't
1: recline on Spirit? Of course not. <laughs> you have to pay $15 for it to, uh, Minimal. to recline. Minimal. Yeah. exactly. Uh, oh, don't go back, sir. As long as you swipe your credit card right here.
2: Mm-hmm. Ching. You
1: know, I, I don't want to make. I don't want to talk to people, but I also don't want to be responsible for making other people uncomfortable or upset with me. I don't want to get a new invasion of personal space. For me, the, the reclining, the ability to recline, the amount that does recline is so negligible, it doesn't matter. It does not matter whatsoever. If you can't sleep normal position, you're not sleeping much better in reclining position. Actually, it does plane. make
2: a difference. I reclined my seat yesterday. W- did you reading. check
1: with the person behind you if you could recline it? Did, no, shouldn't that be the proper slowly. thing to
2: do? No, heck no. Really? I avoid human interaction. I'm being polite by slowly reclining my seat. It's like a heads up. Hey yo, just letting you know what's happening. Not asking for your permission. Just letting you know it's happening.
1: What is the air travel thing that people do that drives you oh. most insane? 8887603776.
2: Do not take your shoes off on an airplane. Yeah,
1: what is that? Because do
2: not Do that.
1: Um, Billy tweets in people who put their bare feet on the armrest in front of them. (gasps) I've never experienced that before. I've seen bare feet on a flight before. Now, are you talking bare, bare feet, socks? All of it. All of the above. The nine hour flight to Europe, you're keeping your feet on the entire, your your, uh, shoes on the entire
2: time. Yes, because I respect myself sometimes.
1: I don't know. There's a comfort aspect to being able to take off your shoes to to, to sleep on a nine-hour flight. And
2: what if your shoes stink? Mine don't. I put powder in them. But God forbid the person next to me who's wearing nasty-ass socks and their stinky-ass shoes (laughs) have to be stuck with them for nine hours? Hell no, that...
1: Uh, so the silent assassin showed us a no. photo of someone who does have their bare feet on the armrest in front of them I have never experienced that and I can't even imagine what my reaction would be
2: I would It would be visceral yeah. And motivated by Game of Thrones Unfortunately I can't chop off your feet Because there's rules and regulations
1: That would be But
2: I would absolutely like slam your foot with something of mine If your toes come through to my seat
1: I can't believe people actually do that I mean I guess I do believe it But that is abhorrent that's le- legitimately the equivalent of spitting on somebody.
2: I would, no. That's awful. Nope. And I, also, pe- be nice and pick up your trash for the flight attendants. Yeah. That's a pe- pet peeve of mine.
1: Yeah, I, okay.
2: They only remind you to do it like five, six times.
1: Can I, um, can I admit something? Oh, here we go. You mentioned the gates earlier. I have been known to be like a, like a group six. And sneak into a group three.
2: That's not your fault. Is it shameful of you? Absolutely. <laughs> because now you look like an idiot by yourself on the plane. <laughs> <Who Whee? goes.
1: laughs> but Did you check out my luggage? I like the idea of being on the plane. And if I can get away with it, if they're not going to check it, if they're not going to send me back in, the, back in line.
2: Are you an aisle or a window seat person?
1: Either one's fine. As I get older, I'm appreciating the aisle more.
2: Especially if I'm aisle, which is my preferred... I love waiting till last minute anyways because I don't want to get up again.
1: Yeah. You know what I like about the aisle, and I typically sleep on planes, is the aisle you have a better chance of using your your uh, arm as like an armrest to sleep on your hand, like do that, and not leave a mark on your face. I have the beard. But if I sleep against the, the window, if I'm window seat and I've got my head against the wall, then like I've got like a red mark on my head. And it doesn't go away until I'm in the airport and people are looking at me like I'm crazy because I have, like, the indention of, like, the the window or, like, the thing you pull down on my forehead. I don't like that.
2: I have an extra pillow, like one of those (laughs) neck pillows if you want one.
1: Yeah, I probably should buy a neck pillow. I
2: give you one for free. For free? For free. Oh,
1: that's nice. I appreciate it. Because I don't want you
2: to look like a lunatic. Stay (laughs) looking like a lunatic (laughs) watching Dahmer on the plane. Why does
1: that man have a red forehead with a huge line across it? Oh, he was sleeping. He was a window seat. He was doing
2: high knees and fell on his head.
1: What is the most based off of Russ and his high knees on an eight-hour flight to London, what is the the air travel behavior that drives you most insane? 88-760-3776. 888 760 3776 on Twitter at KLV 1063. That's 88-760-3776. She's at Javier, the Dominican Queen. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 1063. <laughs> From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken Levicka Live on ESPN 1063. Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Aaron Judge, LeBron James. Who are you going to lend a sympathetic ear? Who's the most sympathetic figure of these potential Hall of Famers? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. I was thinking about it, Jeanette. Mm-hmm. I would wilt under the pressure of playing with someone like LeBron. If LeBron like, handpicked me like, thinking, hey, this guy can really add to the team and leaned in any way, shape, or form heavily on me to produce, I would be just the weakest mentally. There's no way I have the mental fortitude. I would have the mental fortitude to stand next to LeBron and say, I got you, man. I got you. I'd be like Russ. I'd be bricking everything. I wonder if that's what's going on with Russ. Now that he's he's playing with LeBron, he's putting so much pressure on himself that he's just flat out bad.
2: Well, first of all, it's never gonna happen with you. So I think <laughs> that you should be relieved <laughs> just of Just a
1: hypothetical.
2: So second of all, I would kind of be more honored. I'd be like, LeBron, you think I can be into breath? Of your name,
1: but would you let's be able to? Go. Would you be able to perform? Would you like join up with LeBron and be like, "Ah, I feel no pressure. It's just LeBron. It's only LeBron."
2: Heck yeah, let's go! There's a reason why he wants me on that team.
1: That's true. I just uh, wonder my if my ego. What's...
2: My ego would be super inflated. My like d- it wouldn't be fair for everybody. It's
1: just AD is bad. Russ is bad. Mm-hmm. Something's happening there. I don't know if AD is just perpetually injured now. I think more maybe Russ is just old now. I don't
2: well number 1 Russ has always been toxic in the NBA I feel like so nothing shocking there. Also I kind of feel like LeBron is slightly toxic as well. Could be. And
1: it's just, just not a good Just a bunch mix. of toxicity. Man. LeBron but again this guy is going to go out sad. He's not even going to sniff a title. They're a, they're a bad team. They're not a playoff team. I said before the season they weren't going to be a playoff he'll team. They'll be fine.
2: You'll still get everybody fired, but that's the LeBron memo.
1: <laughs> Darvin Ham, you're on he's the clock.
2: Gonna, he's not gonna. He's gonna, he's gonna blame it on everybody else but himself.
1: We have some breaking NFL news. Let's get to our breaking news. Breaking news on ESPN 106.3 is brought to you by St. Lucie Battery and Tire. If your vehicle has issues with braking or other issues, get it fixed right right now at St. Lucie Battery and Tire. The Giants have traded former Florida Gator Kadarius Toney To Kansas City In exchange for a conditional Third and sixth So Kadarius Toney Like the Chiefs needed any more speed on the edge Is now a Kansas City Chief
2: No, they're just showing off That's not even fair
1: <laughs> And now the Giants are absolutely Leaning into yeah, Saquon Barkley and Daniel Jones Are going to run 47 times a game
2: Minimum. 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 It's going to be fun. Maybe they can get to 50.
1: It's actually getting a third for Kadarius Tony. It's good work. And a sixth, an additional sixth. I feel like that's the type of trade that could work for both. But man, the Chiefs are going to be so fast. Poor Theo. I'm sure he's celebrating right now.
2: How annoying. Bandwagoner.
1: The Speed Rich Get Richer. Kadarius Tony going to the Chiefs. And again, that brought to you by St. Lucie Battery and Tire. Uh, could we, Silent Assassin, pull up the Tony Finau audio? Tony Finau had quite the tail. He is a, uh, a, a proud member of the PGA Tour. By the way, Live Golf is uh, down here this weekend. Uh, Brooks Kapka, Jupiter's own, Cardinal Newman's own, playing in the Pro-Am today with Donald Trump at Doral. So I hope everybody enjoys themselves. And
2: Can you imagine the conversation between uh, the yeah. two? Uh, Riveting uh, content. Yeah. I'm
1: sure it's uh so uh Brooks, uh what do you think about voiding machines? Okay. Just hit the ball, Don. Um, but this was the uh, this was from the Beef Club podcast. Tony Finau <laughs> was <laughs>
2: Who was on the beef club? The Beef Club
1: <laughs> podcast. Tony Finau, one of the most <laughs> beloved players on tour, shared this
0: following tale. We get on the first hole. And, you know, there's a, nice, there's a nice little crowd around. And I tee, my, I tee my ball up. They announce my name. And as soon as I take the club back, when I'm over the ball, I'm ready to hit it, you know, look a couple times. As soon as I take the club back, like, I, I rip, like, one of the loudest farts you probably <laughs> you've ever heard. And I knew it was coming, and I just decided that I was going to do it after I hit. I knew it was coming, but I take it back. And almost simultaneously as the club is kind of rising back, you hear this like like really loud <laughs> and I end up still hitting the shot. I hooked this thing out of I hit I hooked this thing out of bounds. And people people were already laughing before I even hit the shot because it was literally like as I was taking the club back. So I had to re-tee. And again, I'm a rookie. I had to re-tee. First of all, if you hit it out of bounds on the first hole and you have to re-tee, that's so embarrassing. But having farted super loud and having to re was about as embarrassing a moment, I think, as I've ever had on a golf course. And I ended up making double on that first hole. and um, I played okay, actually. But that was, uh, yeah, that's probably about as good as I got for you. That is excellent. It's great. That is excellent from Tony Finau. So
1: I'm curious about this, though, in this dynamic. And again, that's the Beef Club podcast. Tony Finau on the Beef Club podcast.
2: <laughs> These podcasts can stop.
1: Uh, <laughs> Stone's
2: probably right on top of it, though.
1: Uh, I'm sure he contributes to, <laughs> to that podcast. Um, now, I am curious, because we've all done that in a work setting before. Bart, Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not me. Yes, yes, know, That is what we're talking about. So, so are, are you? Are you someone that can't own it? Like we are. We are in a predominantly male office mm-hmm. where I've certainly heard it and experienced it. Where the dudes around here get a little meatbally and and uh, they'll audibly fart and just own it. Like, mm-hmm. oh man, oof. Like yeah, that's what you do. You're like oof, oof, <laughs> oof. Now, me, I don't like to own it. I don't think I'm secure enough in myself to own it when it happens. I try to do, like, the silent and then (laughs) evacuate before anybody can can pin it on me.
2: No, so... Your job, if you fart, is to absolutely notify everybody in the vicinity that you farted. So wait, you mean to tell me you aren't going to ask the person behind you
1: on a plane, can I recline my seat? But you're saying in an office setting, if you fart, you need to make a big announcement to everybody that you actually did that. Yeah,
2: because you're disrespecting the space.
1: You're disrespecting the space on a
2: plane. No, my seat was made to recline. And while your Your ass was made to to fart fart too, (laughs) my seat reclining doesn't ruin everybody's day and make people smell.
1: If I ever get into the Radio Hall of Fame, what I just said, that quote, your butt was made to fart. I hope that is what is inscribed. If
2: I, when you get enshrined into the Radio Hall of Fame, if I have the honor of introducing you, (laughs) I will absolutely include that line.
1: Or when I get buried, that should just be on my tombstone, be on my headstone. Your butt is is made to fart. Ken LaVica.
2: But no, if you're going (laughs) to stink up the place and you know it, you better own it. See, I don't... I don't r- fart. I burp. Okay, fine. But I only I, fart when I'm hungover.
1: Really? Mm-hmm. That's not even possible. It's very possible. No, I think that's
2: unhealthy. What do you mean? Yeah, but you're hungover. Of course, it's an un- uh, unhealthy situation. No, but even outside of being And I'm very of proud hungover. of my burps. I've burped a couple times on air.
1: <laughs> In a work setting. Now, Tony Fina... I don't think it was purposeful, but he, he let it rip, and he couldn't hide it, and people were laughing at him. But in a work setting, do you just own it? <gasps> Are your coworkers, your teammates, just good enough to own it? Oh, my gosh, Gun. Or do you stay silent?
2: What? Uh, there's also one moment where I do fart sometimes when I'm squatting at the gym, when I'm squatting heavy. Sometimes I've let out a little, pfft, <laughs> like a tiny one. <laughs> where I don't, And it doesn't stink, so I don't have to warn anybody.
1: Right, but it, you hear
2: it. I feel you it.
1: Feel it, right, right, right? Like,
2: and it's really when you're in the middle of the grind, because usually a heavy lift. So you mm-hmm. know when you have to push back up, that's usually when it's like.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so Short I shorten to the point.
2: So I fart when I'm hungover, and I'm I fart when I squat. But I'm not heavy. buying
1: it. I think you probably fart outside of those activities.
2: I don't. Not if I do, you own it. I will tell you. I will text it to you and be like, hey, Ken, I just farted. I don't get are, are you And I'm not hungover squatting. Are you
1: are are you obligated to tell people around you if you have farted?
2: If it because stinks.
1: I think that that is nonsense.
2: If it stinks, absolutely. You're going to ruin everybody's day. 888-760-3776.
1: 760 3776 Also, what's your most embarrassing fart? And I don't want to talk about, like... Things that got away from you in the process of, like, I'm just talking about, like, in a That's setting, everybody though. heard it. Yeah, but this isn't a conversation about pooping your pants. This is a <laughs> conversation about just the act of farting, okay? Like, in high school, or a number of times. Now, for me, I'm a little bit gassy. I'm a gassy person. I think I've probably got some sort of colitis. You it's fart when you self-diagnosed. run, don't you? Oh, yeah, every runner, like, every runner does it. Every runner does. Now, I don't think I've gone where it's like every step over the course of a half mile, right? I don't think it's that. But what I would say is that I've got an active colon, all right? Mm -hmm. And there are times in high school where I would fart, and I didn't mean to, but it's loud, and that's where you move your seat against like the tile floor and pretend like that was just you scooting your chair back. Or scooting your chair so you up to your to desk. It. So I would try hide to it. hide it. I've and then ne- you
2: stink up the room and you call yourself out. That's but what you have to tell everybody. I've,
1: I've never been confident enough to just own it like that, which is why I can't stand by your, oh, you got to own it. you got to no. know. Like, that's ridiculous. If you're not going to tell someone that you're recri- reclining your seat on a plane.
2: No. It's not going to ruin their I day like, like a belly fart does. You're,
1: you're a hypocrite. No, that's, I'm not. That's another thing, though, about the plane etiquette. Try and take care of that before you get on the plane. Because if you've got an issue, a gastric issue on the plane, it's going everywhere.
2: You know, number twos should never be allowed on a plane <laughs> as well. Cause when those lavatory doors open uh-huh,
1: yeah. well, and you get a whiff of whatever's. Well, don't, for, don't forget that's circulated air. That's recirculated air. So <laughs> that is making it through the entire plane. I agree that number twos should not be allowed. Now I illegal. think that's probably illegal to uh, tell doing number twos? Do. Right. On a plane, on a flight, it depends how much, be how long the flight is. But I would encourage everybody, please take care of that before you get on the plane, because that is devastating for everybody involved. Um, but again, I was that guy that could not, could not own it. It made me uncomfortable, I, and I'm glad that you're confident enough in yourself where you're not going to get judged. But I also think who's going to judge a woman for farting? For me, I have a lot, li- mo- oh, lot absolutely. more to lose. And I have the, a lot more to lose.
2: In the Dominican Republic, women don't fart. Really? Apparently. I say no. See, <laughs> Science says no. See, I just think you're, I farted in the Dominican Republic.
1: I think you're you're you are you you do not have the guts to own it when you're not hungover or squatting. Just own it. No. If you're so tough, if you're so oh I hey won't by the way, guys.
2: More than anybody else in this <laughs> studio. And oh, you've seen man. it. But I don't fart unless I'm hungover or squatting. That
1: is funny. That is funny, and I don't buy it. What is your most embarrassing farting tale? 888-760-3776. Tony Finau for the world to know on the Beef Club podcast. <laughs> His rookie season, Dean Off, says, oh, I shanked one while I was farting. Tony Finau on the Beef Club podcast. 888-760-3776. 760 3776 That's eight 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 seven six zero. 760 three seven seven six when we return we could be ending the end of an era when it comes to separating football you might have to make a choice now between the nfl and college football i'll explain when we come back she's Jeanette javier i'm ken levick i'm live on espn 106.3 ladies From the NHR and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken Levicka Live on ESPN 106.3. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care is a team of skilled orthopedic sports medicine surgeons and specialists that specialize in surgical and non-surgical treatments to get you back to what you love. Don't put off seeing a doctor. Visit baptisthealthnet slash ortho today for more information. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care combines its resources of experienced physicians, leading-edge treatments, and technology to provide advanced orthopedic foot and ankle Joint replacement, spine, and sports medicine care. Visit BaptistHealth.net/ortho for more information today. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care has offices conveniently located in Palm Beach County through the Florida Keys. Learn more by visiting BaptistHealth.net/ortho. Forget that story about uh, the NFL and college football. We'll discuss it tomorrow. I'm more curious again in the details of your uh, your trip to Europe. So, so Jeanette Javier, okay. the Dominican Queen, you're out for three weeks. I'm right? out for
2: three weeks. My birthday, my birthday's in my birthday's November 15th, right in the middle. So I celebrate it before and after.
1: Jeanette Javier, we're climbing on a plane near you. So you're <laughs> you're headed to Europe. Where is your first stop over there? Rome. Have you have never been to Rome right? I've been to
2: Rome. Yes. Oh, you've been to Rome? I've been to Rome before.
1: So you've done like the Coliseum. I did all done... of that.
2: I don't want to do that. Any of that.
1: Does it suck or what
2: No, it's just or, I've seen it once. It's cool. Okay. If, if I see it again it's all right but I want, I'm more interested in the cheese, prosciutto and the men.
1: Okay, cheese, prosciutto and men. That's what's on the checklist for, for Rome. Uh, the uh the Holy Trinity. <laughs>
2: the Holy Trinity.
1: <laughs> forget forget the Colosseum, the Vatican and Sorry, Pope. What else is in Rome? Uh the, the Leaning Tower. Oh, the Leaning Tower of Pisa, sure. Or, uh, the Trevi's the Fountain,
2: uh, the Spanish Steps. Got
1: it, got it. The Holy Trinity is instead uh, cheese, cheese, prosciutto, prosciutto and men. men. Exactly. Where does wine uh, fall into that? All of it. Oh, okay. That doesn't need to even be said. So if she's if she can't find her future lover on the plane, which is her dream come <laughs> true, maybe she'll find one in in Rome. So you go to Rome. Where are you going after post-Rome?
2: We are going to Paris.
1: Going to Paris. Have you been to Paris? No. Okay. So this is a new experience for you.
2: Yes, and I'm kind of, I'm I'm just like, what is it? Cautiously optimistic about it. I've heard things about Paris. Because of the
1: men or just sightseeing?
2: Sightseeing. My fits are on point. I got some beautiful outfits tailored and everything. I'm going to look like a dime and a half, no doubt. (laughs) But. I like, I don't, uh, everybody's like, you got to go to the Louvre. And I'm one of those people. Where, like, I hate people who act like they're so interested
1: into museums.
2: Don't act like it. I love don't museums.
1: Frim. What's wrong? You're going to bag on people who like museums? I love Sometimes museums. Sometimes
2: because I think half of them are fake. I think people like to say they go to museums to say... To sound culture. Like, yeah, exactly. Oh, I'm sure
1: that exists, but I genuinely like museums. I love history. I like seeing dated artifacts. You, and based on the trend we're seeing at the Louvre, why don't you just bring a pot full of mashed potatoes and throw it on uh, on a Picasso?
2: So actually, I'm not going to do that. But my friend was like, do you want to go see the Mona Lisa? I was like, uh, eh, I'm more of a Pollock fan. Okay. But I... I don't, like, I'm just not, I don't want to stand in a line to see this Mona Lisa art.
1: So, what? I'm
2: going to Bottomless Brunch before I go to the Louvre.
1: Oh, that should go well. And
2: then I'm going to see
1: art. That... You are absolutely going to cause an international incident. That is the worst idea, going to brunch and then you at the Louvre.
2: Bottomless drinks and then a museum?
1: Buzz to drunk, loud Dominican Jeanette Javier at the Louvre is going to be a problem.
2: And my best friend who I'm going with, we would run the streets of Miami essentially together. So it's going to go fantastic.
1: Um, I have heard, and I haven't seen it, but I've heard... That the Mona Lisa is very small compared to what you think.
2: That's why I'm cautiously optimistic about the whole thing in Paris.
1: Yeah.
2: I was most excited about going to Gordon Ramsay's Michelin star restaurant there. Okay. I've emailed them through Google Translate in French about every two days, and I still don't have a reservation. Still
1: nothing? No. They're they're just, (laughs) let me tell you, they're ignoring you at that point, Okay. You are not getting a reservation at Gordon Ramsay's restaurant. I
2: do. uh, What's it called? Uh, I I schedule send my emails to them. But it's okay because there's Michelin star restaurants in Budapest. I'm excited
1: for that. Okay, so you're going to Budapest And Florence. And then Florence.
2: Yes. All right, that's good. I'm excited about it. That is
1: really good. I hope you have fun. We're going to try and have you on occasionally throughout your European excursion.
2: Okay, well, it's about a six hour difference. So 12 to 2, I will definitely be knees Uh, deep and cheese deep. Prosciutto, wine, (laughs) and men.
1: (laughs) And men. Uh, (laughs) Speaking of class and prosciutto and cheese and fine wines, I don't know about the men. Fancy horse music, please. It is the FIP World Polo Championship starting October 29th. That is Saturday, going through November 6th at the USPA National Polo Center. Only the second time ever the United States has hosted... The FIP World Polo Championship. The United States, the hosts. One of eight teams competing for glory. The defending champions, Argentina. That's right. They'll be in Wellington. Mexico, Mexico Uruguay, Italy, Spain, Australia, and Pakistan. The opening ceremonies are Saturday where you can go brunch. And you can go enjoy the flags being presented in all of the pageantry of the FIP World Polo Championship, USPAPro.com, USPAPro.com. Get out there over the 10-day span to see the best polo in the world, the greatest polo players competing for the ultimate polo prize. It is the polo version of the World Cup before the soccer version gets started. International bragging rights are on the line. The FIP World Polo Championship, U.S. Polo Association, Field One, USPA National Polo Center in Wellington. Go to USPAPro.com. USPAPro.com and find out more as we approach the FIP World Polo Championship. Uh, Jeanette, have fun.
2: Mm -hmm. We're going to
1: miss you three whole weeks without Jeanette. She has another NFL bet on the table, though. Gosh. Tonight, Bucks ravens Will Jeanette lose a fourth straight NFL bet amongst teammates? We'll find out. She's Jeanette Javier. Have a safe trip. Thank you. Christian Cat, the Silent Assassin. I'm Ken. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye-bye.